Cratylus. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Geoffrey Edwards. Cratylus by Plato. Translated by Benjamin Jowett. Part 1. Persons of the Dialogue. Socrates. Hermogenes. Cratylus. Hermogenes. Suppose that we make Socrates a party to the argument. Cratylus. If you please. Hermogenes. I should explain to you, Socrates, that our friend Cratylus has been arguing about names. He says that they are natural and not conventional, not a portion of the human voice which men agree to use, but that there is a truth or correctness in them which is the same for Hellenes as for barbarians, whereupon I ask him whether his own name of Cratylus is a true name or not, and he answers, yes. And Socrates? Yes. Then every man's name, as I tell him, is that which he is called? To this he replies, If all the world were to call you Hermogenes, that would not be your name. And when I am anxious to have a further explanation, he is ironical and mysterious, and seems to imply that he has a notion of his own about the matter, if he would only tell, and could entirely convince me if he chose to be intelligible. Tell me, Socrates, what this oracle means, or rather tell me, if you will be so good, what is your own view of the truth or correctness of names, which I would far sooner hear. Socrates, son of Hipponicus, there is an ancient saying that hard is the knowledge of the good, and the knowledge of names is a great part of knowledge. If I had not been poor, I might have heard the fifty drachma course of the great Prodicus, which is a complete education in grammar and language. These are his own words, and then I should have been at once able to answer your question about the correctness of names. But, indeed, I have only heard the single drachma course, and therefore I do not know the truth about such matters. I will, however, gladly assist you and Cratylus in the investigation of them. When he declares that your name is not really Hermogenes, I suspect that he is only making fun of you. He means to say that you are no true son of Hermes, because you are always looking after a fortune, and never in luck. But, as I was saying, there is a good deal of difficulty in this sort of knowledge, and therefore we had better leave the question open until we have heard both sides. Hermogenes, I have often talked over this matter, both with Cratylus and others, and cannot convince myself that there is any principle of correctness in names other than convention and agreement. Any name which you give, in my opinion, is the right one, and if you change that and give another, the new name is as correct as the old. We frequently change the names of our slaves, and the newly imposed name is as good as the old, for there is no name given to anything by nature. All is convention and habit of the users. Such is my view." But if I am mistaken, I shall be happy to hear and learn of Cratylus, or of any one else. Socrates, I dare say that you may be right, Hermogenes. Let us see. Your meaning is that the name of each thing is only that which anybody agrees to call it? Hermogenes, that is my notion. Socrates, 
whether the giver of the name be an individual or a city? Hermogenes. Yes. Socrates. Well, now, let me take an instance. Suppose that I call a man a horse, or a horse a man. You mean to say that a man will be rightly called a horse by me individually, and rightly called a man by the rest of the world? And a horse, again, would be rightly called a man by me, and a horse by the world? That is your meaning? Hermogenes. He would, according to my view. Socrates. But how about truth, then? You would acknowledge that there is in words a true and a false? Hermogenes. Certainly. Socrates. And there are true and false propositions? Hermogenes. To be sure. Socrates. And a true proposition says that which is, and a false proposition says that which is not? Hermogenes. Yes. What other answer is possible? Socrates. Then, in a proposition, there is a true and false? Hermogenes. Certainly. Socrates. But is a proposition true as a whole only, and are the parts untrue? Hermogenes. No, the parts are true as well as the whole. Socrates. Would you say the large parts, and not the smaller ones, or every part? Hermogenes. I should say that every part is true. Socrates. Is a proposition resolvable into any part smaller than a name? Hermogenes. No, that is the smallest. Socrates. Then the name is a part of the true proposition? Hermogenes. Yes. Socrates. Yes. And a true part, as you say? Hermogenes. Yes. Socrates. And is not the part of a falsehood also a falsehood? Hermogenes. Yes. Socrates. Then if propositions may be true and false, names may be true and false? Hermogenes. So we must infer. Socrates. And the name of anything is that which any one affirms to be the name? Hermogenes. Yes. Socrates. And will there be so many names of each thing as everybody says that there are? And will they be true names at the time of uttering them? Hermogenes. Yes, Socrates, I can conceive no correctness of names other than this. You give one name, and I another, and in different cities and countries there are different names for the same things. Hellenes differ from barbarians in their use of names, and the several Hellenic tribes from one another. Socrates. But would you say, Hermogenes, that the things differ as the names differ? And are they relative to individuals, as Protagoras tells us? For he says that man is the measure of all things, and that things are to me as they appear to me, and that they are to you as they appear to you. Do you agree with him, or would you say that things have a permanent essence of their own? Hermogenes. There have been times, Socrates, when I have been driven in my perplexity to take refuge with Protagoras, not that I agree with him at all. Socrates. What? Have you ever been driven to admit that there was no such thing as a bad man? Hermogenes. No, indeed, but I have often had reason to think that there are very bad men, and a good many of them. Socrates. Well, and have you ever found any very good ones? Hermogenes. Not many. Socrates. Still, you have found them? Hermogenes. Yes. Socrates. And would you hold that the very good were the very wise, and the very evil very foolish? Would that be your view? Hermogenes, it would. Socrates, 
but if protagoras is right and the truth is that things are as they appear to any one how can some of us be wise and some of us foolish hermogenes impossible socrates and if on the other hand wisdom and folly are really distinguishable you will allow i think that the assertion of protagoras can hardly be correct for if what appears to each man is true to him one man cannot in reality be wiser than another hermogenes he cannot socrates nor will you be disposed to say with euthydemus that all things equally belong to all men at the same moment and always for neither on his view can there be some good and others bad if virtue and vice are always equally to be attributed to all hermogenes there cannot socrates but if neither is right and things are not relative to individuals and all things do not equally belong to all at the same moment and always they must be supposed to have their own proper and permanent essence they are not in relation to us or influenced by us fluctuating according to our fancy but they are independent and maintain to their own essence the relation prescribed by nature hermogenes i think socrates that you have said the truth socrates does what i am saying apply only to the things themselves or equally to the actions which proceed from them are not actions also a class of being hermogenes yes the actions are real as well as the things socrates then the actions also are done according to their proper nature and not according to our opinion of them in cutting for example we do not cut as we please and with any chance instrument but we cut with the proper instrument only and according to the natural process of cutting and the natural process is right and will succeed but any other will fail and be of no use at all hermogenes i should say that the natural way is the right way socrates again in burning not every way is the right way but the right way is the natural way and the right instrument the natural instrument hermogenes true socrates and this holds good of all actions hermogenes yes socrates and speech is a kind of action hermogenes true socrates and will a man speak correctly who speaks as he pleases will not the successful speaker rather be he who speaks in the natural way of speaking and as things ought to be spoken and with the natural instrument any other mode of speaking will result in error and failure hermogenes i quite agree with you socrates and is not naming a part of speaking for in giving names men speak hermogenes that is true socrates and if speaking is a sort of action and has a relation to acts is not naming also a sort of action hermogenes true socrates and we saw that actions were not relative to ourselves but had a special nature of their own hermogenes precisely socrates then the argument would lead us to infer that names ought to be given according to a natural process and with a proper instrument and not at our pleasure in this and no other way shall we name with success hermogenes i agree socrates but again that which has to be cut has to be cut with something hermogenes yes socrates and that which has to be woven or pierced has to be woven or pierced with something hermogenes certainly socrates 
and that which has to be named has to be named with something hermogenes true socrates what is that with which we pierce hermogenes an all socrates and with which we weave hermogenes a shuttle socrates and with which we name hermogenes a name socrates very good then a name is an instrument hermogenes certainly socrates suppose that i ask what sort of instrument is a shuttle and you answer a weaving instrument hermogenes well socrates and i ask again what do we do when we weave the answer is that we separate or disengage the warp from the woof hermogenes very true socrates and may not a similar description be given of an all and of instruments in general hermogenes to be sure socrates and now suppose that i ask a similar question about names will you answer me regarding the name as an instrument what do we do when we name hermogenes i cannot say socrates do we not give information to one another and distinguish things according to their natures hermogenes certainly we do socrates then a name is an instrument of teaching and of distinguishing natures as the shuttle is of distinguishing the threads of the web hermogenes yes socrates and the shuttle is the instrument of the weaver hermogenes assuredly socrates then the weaver will use the shuttle well and well means like a weaver and the teacher will use the name well and well means like a teacher hermogenes yes socrates and when the weaver uses the shuttle whose work will he be using well hermogenes that of the carpenter socrates and is every man a carpenter or the skilled only hermogenes only the skilled socrates and when the piercer uses the awl whose work will he be using well hermogenes that of the smith socrates and is every man a smith or only the skilled hermogenes the skilled only socrates and when the teacher uses the name whose work will he be using hermogenes there again i am puzzled socrates cannot you at least say who gives us the names which we use hermogenes indeed i cannot socrates does not the law seem to you to give us them hermogenes yes i suppose so socrates then the teacher when he gives us a name uses the work of the legislator hermogenes i agree socrates and is every man a legislator or the skilled only hermogenes the skilled only socrates then hermogenes not every man is able to give a name but only a maker of names and this is the legislator who of all skilled artisans in the world is the rarest hermogenes true socrates and how does the legislator make names and to what does he look consider this in the light of the previous instances to what does the carpenter look in making the shuttle does he not look to that which is naturally fitted to act as a shuttle hermogenes certainly socrates and suppose the shuttle to be broken in making will he make another looking to the broken one or will he look to the form according to which he made the other hermogenes to the latter i should imagine socrates might not that be justly called the true or ideal shuttle hermogenes i think so socrates 
and whatever shuttles are wanted for the manufacture of garments thin or thick of flaxen woolen or other material ought all of them to have the true form of the shuttle and whatever is the shuttle best adapted to each kind of work that ought to be the form which the maker produces in each case hermogenes yes socrates and the same holds of other instruments when a man has discovered the instrument which is naturally adapted to each work he must express this natural form and not others which he fancies in the material whatever it may be which he employs for example he ought to know how to put into iron the forms of awls adapted by nature to their several uses hermogenes certainly socrates and how to put into wood forms of shuttles adapted by nature to their uses hermogenes true socrates for the several forms of shuttles naturally answer to the several kinds of webs and this is true of instruments in general hermogenes yes socrates then as to names ought not our legislator also to know how to put the true natural name of each thing into sounds and syllables and to make and give all names with a view to the ideal name if he is to be a namer in any true sense and we must remember that different legislators will not use the same syllables for neither does every smith although he may be making the same instrument for the same purpose make them all of the same iron the form must be the same but the material may vary and still the instrument may be equally good of whatever iron made whether in hellas or in a foreign country there is no difference hermogenes very true socrates and the legislator whether he be hellene or barbarian is not therefore to be deemed by you a worse legislator provided he gives the true and proper form of the name in whatever syllables this or that country makes no matter hermogenes quite true socrates but who then is to determine whether the proper form is given to the shuttle whatever sort of wood may be used the carpenter who makes or the weaver who is to use them hermogenes i should say he who is to use them socrates socrates and who uses the work of the lyre-maker will not he be the man who knows how to direct what is being done and who will know also whether the work is being well done or not hermogenes certainly socrates and who is he hermogenes the player of the lyre socrates and who will direct the shipwright hermogenes the pilot socrates and who will be best able to direct the legislator in his work and will know whether the work is well done in this or any other country will not the user be the man hermogenes yes socrates and this is he who knows how to ask questions hermogenes yes socrates and how to answer them hermogenes yes socrates and him who knows how to ask and answer you would call a dialectician hermogenes yes that would be his name socrates then the work of the carpenter is to make a rudder and the pilot has to direct him if the rudder is to be well made hermogenes true socrates and the work of the legislator is to give names and the dialectician must be his director if the names are to be rightly given hermogenes that is true socrates then hermogenes 
i should imagine this giving of names to be no such light matter as you fancy or the work of light or chance persons and cratylus is right in saying that things have names by nature and that not every man is an artificer of names but he only who looks to the name which each thing by nature has and is able to express the true forms of things in letters and syllables hermogenes i cannot answer you socrates but i find a difficulty in changing my opinion all in a moment and i think that i should be more readily persuaded if you would show me what this is which you term the natural fitness of names socrates my good hermogenes i have none to show was i not telling you just now but you have forgotten that i knew nothing and proposing to share the inquiry with you but now that you and i have talked over the matter a step has been gained for we have discovered that names have by nature a truth and that not every man knows how to give a thing a name hermogenes very good socrates and what is the nature of this truth or correctness of names that if you care to know is the next question hermogenes certainly i care to know socrates then reflect hermogenes how shall i reflect socrates the true way is to have the assistance of those who know and you must pay them well both in money and in thanks these are the sophists of whom your brother callias has rather dearly bought the reputation of wisdom but you have not yet come into your inheritance and therefore you had better go to him and beg and entreat him to tell you what he has learnt from protagoras about the fitness of names hermogenes but how inconsistent should i be if whilst repudiating protagoras and his truth i were to attach any value to what he and his book affirm socrates then if you despise him you must learn of homer and the poets hermogenes and where does homer say anything about names and what does he say socrates he often speaks of them notably and nobly in the places where he distinguishes the different names which gods and men give to the same things does he not in these passages make a remarkable statement about the correctness of names for the gods must clearly be supposed to call things by their right and natural names do you not think so hermogenes why of course they call them rightly if they call them at all but to what are you referring socrates do you not know what he says about the river in troy who had a single combat with hephaestus whom as he says the gods call xanthus and men call scamander hermogenes i remember socrates well and about this river to know that he ought to be called xanthus and not scamander is not that a solemn lesson or about the bird which as he says the gods call Chalcis and men Chimindus. To be taught how much more correct the name Chalcis is than the name Chimindus. Do you deem that a light matter? Or about Batia and Myrina? And there are many other observations of the same kind in Homer and other poets. Now, I think that this is beyond the understanding of you and me. But the names of Scamandrius and Astyanax which he affirms to have been the names of hector's son are more within the range of human faculties as i am disposed to think and what the poet means by correctness 
may be more readily apprehended in that instance you will remember i dare say the lines to which i refer hermogenes i do socrates let me ask you then which did homer think the more correct of the names given to hector's son astyanax or scamandrius hermogenes i do not know socrates how would you answer if you were asked whether the wise or the unwise are more likely to give correct names hermogenes i should say the wise of course socrates and are the men or the women of a city taken as a class the wiser hermogenes i should say the men socrates and homer as you know says that the trojan men called him astyanax king of the city but if the men called him astyanax the other name of scamandrius could only have been given to him by the women hermogenes that may be inferred socrates and must not homer have imagined the trojans to be wiser than their wives hermogenes to be sure socrates then he must have thought astyanax to be a more correct name for the boy than scamandrius hermogenes clearly socrates and what is the reason of this let us consider does he not himself suggest a very good reason when he says for he alone defended their city and long walls this appears to be a good reason for calling the son of the saviour king of the city which his father was saving as homer observes hermogenes i see socrates why hermogenes i do not as yet see myself and do you hermogenes no indeed not i socrates but tell me friend did not homer himself also give hector his name hermogenes what of that socrates the name appears to me to be very nearly the same as the name of astyanax both are hellenic and a king anax and a holder hector have nearly the same meaning and are both descriptive of a king for a man is clearly the holder of that of which he is king he rules and owns and holds it but perhaps you may think that i am talking nonsense and indeed i believe that i myself did not know what i meant when i imagined that i had found some indication of the opinion of homer about the correctness of names hermogenes i assure you that i think otherwise and i believe you to be on the right track socrates there is reason i think in calling the lion's whelp a lion and the foal of a horse a horse i am speaking only of the ordinary course of nature when an animal produces after his kind and not of extraordinary births if contrary to nature a horse have a calf then i should not call that a foal but a calf nor do i call any inhuman birth a man but only a natural birth and the same may be said of trees and other things do you agree with me hermogenes yes i agree socrates very good but you had better watch me and see that i do not play tricks with you for on the same principle the son of a king is to be called a king and whether the syllables of the name are the same or not the same makes no difference provided the meaning is retained nor does the addition or subtraction of a letter make any difference so long as the essence of the thing remains in possession of the name and appears in it hermogenes 
what do you mean socrates a very simple matter i may illustrate my meaning by the names of letters which you know are not the same as the letters themselves with the exception of the four e u a a the names of the rest whether vowels or consonants are made up of other letters which we add to them but so long as we introduce the meaning and there can be no mistake the name of the letter is quite correct take for example the letter beta the addition of e t a gives no offence and does not prevent the whole name from having the value which the legislator intended so well did he know how to give the letters names hermogenes i believe you are right socrates and may not the same be said of a king a king will often be the son of a king the good son or the noble son of a good or noble sire and similarly the offspring of every kind in the regular course of nature is like the parent and therefore has the same name yet the syllables may be disguised until they appear different to the ignorant person and he may not recognize them although they are the same just as any one of us would not recognize the same drugs under different disguises of color and smell although to the physician who regards the power of them they are the same and he is not put out by the addition and in like manner the etymologist is not put out by the addition or transposition or subtraction of a letter or two or indeed by the change of all the letters for this need not interfere with the meaning as was just now said the names of hector and astyanax have only one letter alike which is the tau and yet they have the same meaning and how little in common with the letters of their names has archepolis ruler of the city and yet the meaning is the same and there are many other names which just mean king again there are several names for a general as for example agis leader and polemarchus chief in war and eupolemos good warrior and others which denote a physician as iatroclus famous healer and akesimbrotos curer of mortals and there are many others which might be cited differing in their syllables and letters but having the same meaning would you not say so hermogenes yes socrates the same names then ought to be assigned to those who follow in the course of nature hermogenes yes socrates and what of those who follow out of the course of nature and are prodigies for example when a good and religious man has an irreligious son he ought to bear the name not of his father but of the class to which he belongs just as in the case which was before supposed of a horse foaling a calf hermogenes quite true socrates then the irreligious son of a religious father should be called irreligious hermogenes certainly socrates he should not be called theophilus beloved of god or menestheus mindful of god or any of these names if names are correctly given his should have an opposite meaning hermogenes certainly socrates socrates again hermogenes there is orestes the man of the mountains who appears to be rightly called whether chance gave the name 
or perhaps some poet who meant to express the brutality and fierceness and mountain wildness of his hero's nature hermogenes that is very likely socrates socrates and his father's name is also according to nature hermogenes clearly socrates yes for as his name so also is his nature agamemnon admirable for remaining is one who is patient and persevering in the accomplishment of his resolves and by his virtue crowns them and his continuance at troy with all the vast army is a proof of that admirable endurance in him which is signified by the name agamemnon i also think that atreus is rightly called for his murder of chrysippus and his exceeding cruelty to thyestes are damaging and destructive to his reputation the name is a little altered and disguised so as not to be intelligible to every one but to the etymologist there is no difficulty in seeing the meaning for whether you think of him as atires the stubborn or as atrestos the fearless or as atheros the destructive one the name is perfectly correct in every point of view and i think that pelops is also named appropriately for as the name implies he is rightly called pelops who sees what is near only otapelos oron hermogenes how so socrates because according to the tradition he had no forethought or foresight of all the evil which the murder of Myrtilus would entail upon his whole race in remote ages he saw only what was at hand and immediate or in other words pelus near in his eagerness to win hippodamia by all means for his bride every one would agree that the name of tantalus is rightly given and in accordance with nature if the traditions about him are true hermogenes and what are the traditions socrates many terrible misfortunes are said to have happened to him in his life last of all came the utter ruin of his country and after his death he had the stone suspended talentia over his head in the world below all this agrees wonderfully well with his name you might imagine that some person who wanted to call him talentatos the most weighed down by misfortune disguised the name by altering it into tantalus and into this form by some accident of tradition it has actually been transmuted the name of zeus who is his alleged father has also an excellent meaning although hard to be understood because really like a sentence which is divided into two parts for some call him zena and use the one half and others who use the other half call him dia the two together signify the nature of the god and the business of a name as we were saying is to express the nature for there is none who is more the author of life to us and to all than the lord and king of all wherefore we are right in calling him zena and dia which are one name although divided meaning the god through whom all creatures always have life dionzen ai pasi tois zosin uparki there is an irreverence at first sight in calling him son of cronus who is a proverb for stupidity and we might rather expect zeus to be the child of a mighty intellect which is the fact for 
This is the meaning of his father's name. Kronos, quasi, koros. Korea, to sweep, not in the sense of a youth, but signifying to katharan kai, a keraton to nu, the pure and garnished mind. Skiliket, apo, to korin. He, as we are informed by tradition, was begotten of Uranus, rightly so called, apa tu oranta ana, from looking upwards, which, as philosophers tell us, is the way to have a pure mind, and the name Uranus is therefore correct. If I could remember the genealogy of Hesiod, I would have gone on and tried more conclusions of the same sort on the remoter ancestors of the gods. Then I might have seen whether this wisdom which has come to me all in an instant, I know not whence, will or will not hold good to the end. Hermogenes, you seem to me, Socrates, to be quite like a prophet, newly inspired, and to be uttering oracles. Socrates, yes, Hermogenes, and I believe that I caught the inspiration from the great Euthyphro of the Prospulsion Deem, who gave me a long lecture which commenced at dawn. He talked, and I listened, and his wisdom and enchanting ravishment has not only filled my ears, but taken possession of my soul, and to-day I shall let his superhuman power work and finish the investigation of names. That will be the thing to do, but to-morrow, if you are so disposed, we will conjure him away, and make a purgation of him, if we can only find some priest or sophist who is skilled in purifications of this sort. Hermogenes with all my heart, for I am very curious to hear the rest of the inquiry about names. End of Part 1 Recording in memory of Mitchell Edwards